dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad man. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today's guest is an author, a comic, a Sasquatch hunter, and a uh, politician. And you will learn more about him here next, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. The month of April is Distracted Driving Awareness Month. And here to give us more information on the terrible things that can happen while driving distracted is my sponsor, Mike Bryant of Bryant Shaw and Bryant Law. In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. Find Mike Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. And as I stated earlier in my introduction, tonight's guest is a comic and uh, Arthur. He wrote a book titled You Can't Write City Hall, and it's W-R-I-T-E, and we'll get more into that. And also, uh, he's a politician, so that's why he wrote that book. And uh, tonight's guest is Jerry Noon. Is it Nunes or Nun, uh, Nunez? Uh, Nunes. Like, okay. Not old, but Nunes. Yeah. Nunes. Well, one of the first things I want to get into with you, uh, Jerry, and welcome to the show, is um, you're six foot, uh, six. Foot six and uh, is that hard for uh, being a comic? Well, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's Jeremy, by the way. I don't want... Uh, Okay. Don't don't feel bad. It happens all the time. So um, it is uh, it is a bit difficult to be six six in a comedian when I'm in uh, smaller rooms because usually their ceiling is about seven feet high, and uh, the stage is like a foot off the ground. So I have okay. to perform. Yeah. I have to perform like a, a a vulture with my neck at a ninety degree angle. Have you ever uh, played Minneapolis, St. Paul area? I performed at the Minnehaha Comedy Club okay. uh, many years ago. Right. Uh, it was in the ba- it was in the basement of a building. I remember that much. Right. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Um, I've been to the airport a few times. <laughs> no, I was wondering if you've ever played Acme or um, which is our big club, and Rick Bronson House of Comedy, which is also on that level. Okay. You know, I, I don't get into comedy clubs a whole lot anymore. Um, you know, I do more private events, but, okay. um, the way things have been kind of, uh, snowballing for me, I've, I've kind of moved into the smaller theaters. So, um, uh, maybe there's a little theater I can make my way up to over there. I don't know. Right. Well, Acme is, it's kind of has a small theater feel to it. It's, uh, all the uh, a lot of the national comics really rave about it. So, um, so where did you grow up? So, uh, grew up in uh, the middle of Illinois, little town right outside of Springfield. Um, 
town's small enough that, uh, you know, I would do something on uh, the east side of town and be in trouble by the time I got home on the west side of town. Well, I grew up in St. Louis, so I might have heard uh, of your town. So the town is called Dawson. Okay. And uh, and that's the town I'm I'm sure you'll get to. That's the town I was mayor of. Okay. Uh, and so I tried to launch the motto Dawson is Dawson. Okay. How but the problem is nobody could spell awesome. <laughs> I guess I guess that would be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up as a kid, uh, how did you first realize you were funny? Um you know, I'm I'm not sure exactly. It's just something I, I had always wanted to be a comedian. Um, how I figured out I could be a comedian, I'm not sure. Um, I can tell you though, being in a small town, my so uh, the the family business, as is tradition in small towns, the family sort of passed the business on from the father to the son, and then eventually he passes it on to his son, etc. So. Uh, I could have been a fourth-generation trailer park manager. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but I told my dad I could. Uh, I, I wanted to do comedy instead and felt that uh, I could make just as much money doing comedy as I could running the trailer park, which is accurate, tens of dollars. <laughs> so was that a, a great disappointment to your dad? You know, he was disappointed at first, Uh but eventually, uh, eventually he got over it, and um, you know, we were uh, uh, separated for several Christmases. But it's been worked out. Well, that's you know, <laughs> it was funny. I got into uh, uh, athletic equipment, and as I was starting in that, I was a disappointment to my dad. And then <laughs> by the time he uh, passed on, he was telling friends of mine how very proud of me he was never told me but he told he told friends of friends of mine so well that's good though. yeah 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 so i i've eventually found out through the grapevine so you you said you wanted to be a comic as a kid was there a reason why was there a person who uh piqued that interest you know um i can remember as far back as watching uh the Muppets and uh, Fozzie was the comedian. And uh, I was like, this guy is fantastic, but I think I could be even funnier than this guy. Uh, <laughs> so that's where it all started was with Fozzie. Not the two, not the two old guys up in the uh, uh, crow's nest, <laughs> uh, Statler and Waldorf. Oh, I'm impressed. I wouldn't have even known their names, <laughs> but uh, no, those two old guys uh, do seem to make an appearance, though, at every single one of my shows. Okay. Well, that's great. Yes, and I do know their, as you, as you just found out, I do know their names. It was a fa- it was family viewing in my household. My mother loved the Muppets, and that's where I got my humor from, from was my mother. Is there a certain person in your family you got your sense of humor from? Um... You know what? Uh, maybe my dad a little bit. Uh, he he always tried to be the entertainer. Maybe he wasn't so successful at it. Uh, but I I do reference kind of uh, a lot of times in my show. I like to reference jokes that my dad has pitched to me over the years. Um, none of which ever makes sense. But uh, he's he's trying. He's trying. Yeah, the few comics I've talk, uh, interviewed have all stated that there's either been a dad or a father-in-law in their life who's got a joke for them to add to their act or their, to their performance, and they kind of just go, eh, man, that's not going to fly. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So you're, you're growing up, you, you're... Um, was there any performances in your youth that come to mind? Uh, let's see. Well, the first time I performed stand-up, um, let's see, it would have been uh, 20, I think, if that's correct. Yeah, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. I had to pretend I was 21 because you had to be 21 to get into the comedy club. But uh, being a college student, I did have the appropriate fake ID. 
<laughs> Where'd you go to college? So I went to college at uh, Southern Illinois University oh, yeah. in, uh, in Carbondale, which uh, interestingly, uh, at the same time as Hannibal Burris, another great comedian. Right. Uh, uh, he and I performed on a ton of shows together, just kind of starting out, you know, didn't have much to do. A lot of times the students would put together some sort of show. So he and I performed together a lot and, uh, uh, he's really taken off right. and, uh, I, I have not. <laughs> well, well you, you, you know, you're still, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places to perform and a lot of people need comedy in their life. So, um, but Hannibal is probably more, he's probably more famous for, Ex- exposing Bill Cosby and <laughs> 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 a lot of other things. So, I was yeah, gonna... and you have to be careful how you phrase it when you say you exposed Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also true. That's also true. Well, he mentioned and uh, Bill Cosby in his performance, and it brought to light and uh, led to a lot of issues in Bill's life. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He he didn't bring do any of that in college, did he? Oh no. Okay. Um. So you're. Uh. So you move going along. You're going into comedy, and then you somehow decide to get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JB. So <laughs> here's the thing. I. So I, I broke into the comedy scene in Chicago, moved back to my hometown mm-hmm. uh, in central Illinois uh, when I was making enough money to go full time. And uh, me and some friends thought it would be really funny if I put my name on the mayoral ballot uh, just as a joke. And uh, I even distributed flyers uh, with my campaign slogan, put a real joker in office. Okay. <laughs> because we thought, like, who would vote for this person? 80% of the town. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so I won in a landslide, not even intending to win at all. Uh, so that's just kind of how it started and then uh, ended up having to take responsibility and actually, um, uh, you know, move forward and, and actually run a town. And how how was your uh, time in office? You know what? Uh, it was very unique. I can even tell you... Uh, starting out uh, the first night when I was sworn in at the village hall mm-hmm. um, you know my mom was there my sister's there my wife is there um, my dad was not there because he voted for the incumbent <laughs> that's dad's for you <laughs> yeah. uh, and so um, but yeah it was pretty uh, a pretty interesting time and um even I got a phone call one night that, uh, you know, a village clerk called and she's like, Hey, uh, the janitor just called. There's plaster dust, uh, all over the, the meeting room floor. There's drywall chunks on the floor. Apparently one of the fire trucks drove through the wall and broke it again. <laughs> again, again. again. <laughs> so they couldn't figure out the, some way of like, putting lines down or hanging a tennis ball from the ceiling or something to to mark where to stop, huh? You know what? This is a true story. They used to put a, a board on the floor, and they knew when their tires hit the board, that's where they were good. But somebody moved the board. It's a joke. <laughs> and so there you go again. Uh, uh, joke's gone wrong. Right. So there was no scandals, no major re. Did your dad want to recall you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but that's a fantastic take I can use in my show for sure. <laughs> I like. You go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh it was a very unique time. I have to say, hey, I had um, uh, and, and so. The mayor of a large city essentially leads a team of people, okay? Right. In a small town, the mayor is those people. <laughs> so uh, I was, by default, the health inspector, the building inspector, mm-hmm. animal control, chief of police, liquor commissioner, et cetera, et cetera. So 
one day I get a call that um, there's a uh, <clears throat> this abandoned house. So, yeah, JB, believe it or not, abandoned house mm -hmm. in the small town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and a lot of people have been noticing it. It smelled a little funny. Uh -oh. Guy living next door calls and he said, hey, figured out what's going on. There's a family of skunks living in this house. You need to go in there and get all the skunks out. And I was like, well, I'm not really, uh, you know, skilled to do that. I will, I will call the county animal control and let them take care of it. And he's like, hey, my taxes pay for better. <laughs> what? I was like, I, uh, I hardly think you pay your taxes. And, <laughs> but um, see, so he keeps pushing me. You got to get in there. You're animal control. You get in there. And uh, I was like, I don't even have uh, a way to get them. You know, and he's like. Well, you're chief of police too. You got a gun. Just go in there and shoot them all. So, um, no, I did not uh, shoot the skunks. Okay. <laughs> I called the animal control. He he thought I was uh, failing him as a mayor. Well, I don't, I don't get the disconnect because that to me would seem the logical move would to be to call animal control, and if you're town didn't have animal control call somebody in the business of animal that would be the logical steps and then you would seem to be a hero but i guess not for this guy no uh but that's kind of how it is in a small town you can't uh you can't please anybody uh you know what i mean i had uh had one lady call she was mad because um there there was uh buckshot if you know what that is yes uh, was buckshot through one of the stop signs. You know, the small the small town folks like to shoot the stop sign with, right. with that gun. And uh, lady's mad at me because there's buckshot, and I was like, "Well, I apologize that uh, you saw buckshot in there." And she's like, "Well, I'm not mad necessarily that there is buckshot there. I'm mad because I saw you shoot the stop sign." <laughs> oh no, you didn't shoot the sign, did you? <laughs> uh, hey, I had to do a lot of stuff for fun, JP. Okay, so, so there was a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and I get wearing all hats because on this podcast, I am the host. Uh, the interviewer, the booker, the uh, salesperson, <laughs> the editor, and all that. So I understand all that. So did yeah. the, the office of mayor pay or pay well? Yeah. You know what? I got um, $50 a month. Oh, God. And uh, which is not even enough to buy a, a tank of gas anymore. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It was enough to uh, to just take an absolute roasting on social media. Okay, <laughs> from from your constituents, oh, everybody or in the comics. Town. Oh no, everybody in the town, they got something to say. They'll put it on. They'll put it on social media. Can you believe what this idiot mayor did now? <laughs> so how how many terms in in office did you serve, and how long did you serve? Well, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I put in a lot of years. Uh, I don't want to disclose the whole thing cause it's sort of the, uh, part of the premise of the book anyway. Okay. So I don't want to give anything away if people end up reading that, but, right. uh, yeah, got to put in a lot of time, a lot of energy and, uh, you know, got a few kickbacks on the side. So it's worth it. <laughs> so you even, you're even admitting to corruption. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm i'm joking of course okay i just curious say you're even admitting to corruption <laughs> in your own you better be careful those people may want to come back and get you so how oh, did how did you know what go well, ahead before you ask that next question mm -hmm. though uh you know people have said you know are you afraid um you know, you, you make fun of the town now. You know, I've, I've, I've actually moved to the next town over. We upgraded houses. Okay. And a lot of people say, are you afraid? You know, you tell all these jokes and you wrote the book making fun of the town. Are you afraid that people are going to come after you? And I'm not really afraid because um, 
if they come after me, I will hear their car backfire on the way down. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> You're not making your your fellow citizens look all happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my next question was going to be: How did your fellow comics handle this? Did they roast you also? <laughs> uh, you know what? The, they were the ones that always encouraged me to actually tell the mayor stories uh, like in my comedy act. Right. And, and I never did. So while I was mayor, I kept it all um, kind of separate. I didn't think it was appropriate. Um, but then once, uh, once the time came that I was no longer mayor, I mean, the, the floodgates were open, but I right. was black like a teenage girl at his lumber party. <laughs> so how did your wife handle all of this? You know, um, it was a lot for her, I think, um, when I was mayor. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of stress and a lot of long hours for both of us. And then, um, you know, she's the, you know, the face of the town. She's the first lady. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she had to ride in the, in the car in the front of the parade, you know. Um, mm -hmm. There's only two cars in a parade. Oh. But, uh Okay. Wait. <laughs> what was the other car? Uh, that was the car to backfire. <laughs> uh, who would it have the the uh, the uh, chief of fire, or were you that too? Uh, yeah, I was. So actually, no, fire chief was a different role, believe it or not, because um, uh, we have a, what's called a fire protection district rather than uh, okay. fire. And there's a district so um but yeah the uh the parade itself you know most parades are let off with you know the police cars and the fire trucks they have the sirens and stuff but we didn't have that so the car that backfired that gave fair warning <laughs> jeremy i'm telling you this is killer stuff don't don't <laughs> give up i'm being serious don't give up on the, the comedy career yet just yet yeah, because <laughs> this is, you know, just keep honing. This is killer stuff, man. This, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't even picture Mayberry. I picture even something below Mayberry. <laughs> yeah. Am, am I scratching the surface on that, or? Well, it couldn't be Mayberry because they had businesses. Our town uh, did not, uh, unless unless you count the meth labs. <laughs> oh God. So were you given more than one bullet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't even supplied that. I had to provide my own. Uh, yeah, so it was not, not easy. So this guy wanted you to go waste your own money by shooting skunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and if I'm giving away anything in the book, just say so. But did your dad ever come around? Uh, no. So, <laughs> well, so I'll tell you, you know, this, uh, some folks may have heard this cause I do tell, tell this story in my show a lot, but, um, I actually won an award for being one of Illinois most ethical mayors. And, the, and, and that's not hard to do in the, in the state of Illinois where corrupt, uh -huh, corruption no. reigns. No, it is not. Uh, <laughs> So, and I got the award largely because I issued a fine to my parents. <laughs> so I, I called my dad, uh, or he, well, he called me when he found out about it. And he's like, Jeremy, why did I get this fine in the mail? I was like, well, your grass is way too high. You have to mow your grass. And he goes, Jeremy, you mow our grass. <laughs> I said, well, you should have called me sooner. Because <laughs> now you owe the town three hundred dollars. Oh man! And me fifty for mowing your grass. <laughs> and he's like, "I'll never vote for you." And I was like, "Yeah, get in line." <laughs> I'm telling you, this is Jeremy. This is gold, man. This is <laughs> comedy gold. Don't give up on it just yet. Yeah. So I did see, I did uh, take a look at some of your stuff on um, 
on dry bar comedy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Uh, why did you Why did you use the dry bar uh, platform? Well, uh, so dry bar comedy right now is like the it's the hottest platform uh, in the industry right now. Um, okay. So, uh, and then on top of that, they are big promoters of um, clean comedy. That's uh, essentially yeah. where the name dry bar comes from. So uh, being as somebody I perform largely at uh, churches, company events, private uh, fundraisers, things like that, all things that are clean comedy. So, um, as such, uh, to do dry bars, essentially just a f- free promo package for me for all, right. for all my actual gigs. So uh, that was largely why. I mean, the, the platform is, is uh, really blowing up for sure. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I've uh, interviewed some comics who, um, uh, like I said, Mike, before he started the formal part of this, uh, Mike Brody. I had interviewed him, and he's big on dry bar. So I was just wondering, what did dry bar bar offer comics? So do okay. Um, here's a here's my dumb question of the of the interview. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Being the name is dry bar, when you go and perform, do you for, perform in places that don't sell alcohol? Yeah. So. Uh... That venue specifically is a dry bar. Um, So they film in Provo, Utah. And um, uh, they had concessions, but it was like, you know, soda, water, candy and chips, basically. Um, uh, And then, yeah, I guess it is a bit harder for me because, you know, sort of the venues I perform in, like I mentioned, like churches especially, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's generally no one has been drinking. You know what I mean? I mean, eh, every once in a while I get a drunk guy at a church yell at me, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, you know, events like that, there's nobody's even, you know, loosened up with a, with a drink or two. So it's, you know, even a bit harder. Uh, and I think, honestly, I think that's why a lot of comedians are a bit afraid to, to perform in those spots. Right. Well, you must not have performed in any Catholic churches because, and I'm Catholic. That's why I'm saying this. (laughs) I've even seen the priest took back a few, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just stating fact. I we, right. growing up as a Catholic kid, we had a priest that would come to our house for holidays and you know I had uh, the collar on and he would you know, he drank like he, most of the other adults in the room. He was there to party. Right. <laughs> uh you know, many years ago, I performed at a uh, a Catholic fundraiser, and you know the people that organized the event were very specific. You know, it's got to be a very clean show. It's a church event. Please, please remember, it's got to be squeaky clean church event. Okay, got it, got it. Man, I, I don't know how many people pulled me to the side and they're like, "Hey, I got a joke for you," and they were all the dirtiest <laughs> jokes I ever heard. <laughs> of course, they were. <laughs> And it's like, oh, gee, thanks. A joke yeah. I can't use. Right. <laughs> uh, we sp- spoken about your height earlier. Um, here's dumb joke number two. I know you didn't play basketball. Did you play any sports growing up? Uh, well, you know what? I was a big soccer player. And okay. uh, actually, eventually got to, I played uh, uh, soccer through college. And uh, even later coached um, uh, coached uh, college soccer for a few years as well. Now, growing up in St. Louis, I do know that SIU is a big soccer school. So, yeah, SIU Edwardsville, uh, yeah, they've had a program for quite a while, pretty solid. Uh, Carbondale doesn't have one. Oh, it uh, doesn't? No, they only have a touring club is all. Oh, okay. But, um, <clears throat> so I played uh, I played on the club there, and then I played at a, a junior college before I went down to, to Carbondale. Yeah. Carbondale's uh, nickname is what? The Salukis. That's, I couldn't remember if it was Carbondale or Edwardsville that was called the Salukis. Great <laughs> nickname. Yeah, so... 
people don't know what it is. It's uh, it's an Egyptian dog. It looks kind of like a greyhound. Right. Uh, and where that comes from, they called that area of Southern Illinois, they call it Little Egypt. Uh, there's a Cairo, Illinois. Yes. Uh, so I don't know why exactly they call it Little Egypt, but then uh, so hence the Egyptian dog for the mascot, uh, which beats um, which beats the uh, the other idea, which was the wounded skunk. <laughs> well, it's better than a billikin. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a billikin is. It is a how somebody tried to explain it to me once because I had a niece that played basketball there. And um, it's a baby troll or something like that. Oh, you know, Billiken, what it sounds like to me is a drunk guy trying to say Pelican. Pelican. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen, if people go and Google uh, Billikens, uh, St. Louis University Billikens, and you'll see what we're talking about. It's just an ugly-looking little baby <laughs> mascot. It's, it's just uh, very ugly. So uh, you're into soccer. St. Louis has a professional team. Now. And um, were you ever were you a Cardinals man or a Cubs man? Well, you know what? I am a Cubs fan. Uh, so I spent a lot of time like in Chicago. You know, I grew up uh, a big fan of Ryan Sandberg, uh, Andre Dawson years, Mark Grace, those guys. Um, and then uh, uh, the Cardinals. Um, you know, I never liked them, but my wife, my wife's a Cardinal fan, so I have to pretend like I like them, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll forgive you. But uh, All right. <laughs> it was funny. Growing up as a kid, of course, I was a Cardinals fan, but my second favorite team was the Cubs. No kidding. Right. Uh, you know, similar, uh, they say you can't cheer for both. Uh, like when you're in Chicago, they say you can't like the White Sox and the Cubs both. Right. The, the, there's sort of this hated, just hatred. Right. Uh, and I, uh, I mean – I don't hate the White Sox. I just don't care about them. Um, but so one day I was doing a show actually uh, in Jefferson City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you know, um, Joe Creedy, the uh, all-star third baseman for the White Sox in their World Series run, right. uh, he is from Jefferson City. Okay. So I'm doing a show. And uh, after the show, a couple people come up and they're like, hey, are you a baseball fan? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, uh that's Joe Creedy over there. And I was like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, Joe, come here. He comes over and we get to talking and uh, he's like, so you're from Chicago? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, are you a, a Cub fan or a White Sox fan? And I was like, oh, uh, I cheer for both. <laughs> he's like, no, you don't. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I cheer for both. <laughs> I, there's a famous actor that does that. He cheers for both. He doesn't get, you know, he does not have, and I can't remember who it is offhand, but uh, he doesn't uh, come out and say he, he he has hate towards either one of them. He says, hey, man, it's Chicago. I root for Chicago. So so that, could, that sounds like, so there's sort of three prominent actors that are always making their faces known around there, and I think all have that view, which would be, Jim Belushi, uh, John Cusack, and uh, somebody else I can't think of. Um, but uh, it's going to kill me now. But then uh, I think all of them just look for, for a little bit of free press. So they'll, they'll right. pop up uh, on the south side after they just wore their, their north side hat. Is but, it the actor that played in the movie Swingers? Uh, what's his name? Oh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. You know, That's I'm who I'm thinking sure. of. Okay. I know he's a big Blackhawks fan as well. Right. Um, uh, and then there's another rivalry, Blackhawks and the Blues. Yes, uh, and you don't like the Blues. <laughs> you know, and I'm not into it enough to, like, hate the Blues. I just mm -hmm. don't care about them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I uh, had a, uh, a girl one time. I was 
man, I had no idea. I was in St. Louis actually for an audition. I'm wearing my Blackhawks shirt. And uh, she just walks up. She's like, I will fight a Blackhawks fan. And I was like, lady, here's a dollar. Buy yourself something to eat. All right. So, <laughs> well, uh, go ahead. <laughs> that's, that's all. No, there was a, a woman. She's a blues fan on Twitter. And the blues were not playing the Blackhawks, nor were the Cardinals playing the Cubs. And she was saying, there's a guy sitting next to me with a white. <laughs> and she's typing this on Twitter. Has a Blackhawks jersey on and a twin and a Cubs hat, and she goes, "I just want to barf right now." And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, this long stream follows of people just calling the guy names or just you know <laughs> just trying to figure out what his problem is. And you know, the general consensus is he's an idiot because he's wearing both of those, and neither one of those teams are in town. So. Is, is your wife a uh, blues fan? Uh, she doesn't get into to hockey. hockey much. Okay. So, no, she only is baseball. Um, and then uh, she kind of joins me with the uh, in football with the, we follow the Bears. Okay. And then so that one's a little bit different. Like the Packers, I like hate them. Right. They, <laughs> they hate them. <laughs> Versus what well, like me to the Cardinals. I, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. The Packers, I hate them. <laughs> well, I live in the, I, I now live in the Twin Cities of, you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And uh-huh. they hate the Packers as well. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. there's a deep hatred here. Um, and so it was the funniest thing to see, you know, when uh, Brett Favre became a Viking, how. All of a sudden, they fell in love with Brett Favre after many years of hating Brett Favre. (laughs) It was the oddest dichotomy you would ever want to see. Um, Go ahead. He did good for them for a lot of years. Yeah. Well, Well, a couple years anyway. Yeah. Yeah. For the Vikings, it was two years and then one really bad year that ended his career as the Vikings had to move outdoors. Yeah. because the roof of the Metrodome had fallen in. Yeah. <laughs> and they had moved onto uh, the University of Minnesota campus. And uh, it was a really bad, bitter, cold night outside. And he, he suffered a severe concussion from being hit and uh, getting whiplash on the, on the uh, field, even though the, the Vikings had paid to uh, uh, for the uh, – heat the field um he still suffered and that's what knocked him out of football so, yeah that was a bears game too yes and, it was it was a monday night football game and what i uh, really remember about the uh that roof collapsing is that uh that was essentially the exact same thing that happened to our village hall <laughs> the snow was too heavy too heavy and it came and it caved in it wasn't even the snow. It was uh, it was a guy. Oh, <laughs> was he trying to break in? <laughs> he was no, just doing some repairs up there. A little, a little too heavy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened to the town? Was it demolished or was it just re-roofed? You know what we? Uh, you know we're low budget. We just took a tarp over that with some duct tape. And uh, <laughs> no, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're joking, right? Uh, halfway. Okay. <laughs> so you got to um, also reading in your notes. You got to tell me about this Sasqu- Sasquatch watch. Oh, so you brought that up. So that's the. Neighborhood Sasquatch is the name of my dry bar special. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Uh, essentially because, as you mentioned, I'm six feet six mm-hmm. and small town guy. So I'm kind of the Sasquatch of the town. So that's where it came from. And um, between the dry bar special and my Amazon Prime special, mm-hmm. you can find both of them by my name, Jeremy Nunes. 
And I just want to mention that both of those shows, uh, I get a dollar anytime somebody watches them. So if everyone listening could just hit refresh numerous times. <laughs> yes. Hey, it works. That's why. <laughs> that's why I have you on. Sales, <laughs> sales, sales. No. Right. Uh, but I, when I saw that, and I apologize, I didn't know it was the name of your your uh, show. I yeah. thought you were actually going out looking for Sasquatches. Oh. <laughs> That would have made for a much better story. We, <laughs> I can pretend I do that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, just to hear about your town and hear about you is <laughs> just great. All right. <laughs> so um, um, you do continue. Do you continue to travel around the country? Oh, yeah. So I travel all over. Uh, and people ask, well, how far will you go? And I said, wherever the money, uh, gets me, that's where I'll go. So if, uh, you know, if they call from the East coast, the West coast, North, South, wherever, um, I'll go if they got enough money to get me there. So, uh, actually going from, uh, central Illinois to Idaho here in a few weeks. So, uh, we'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you continue on this path, um, where, where are you hoping to, hoping to, where this leads to for you? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, a lot of folks ask me, and at this point, you're the first person that's asked me and I finally have an answer. Okay. So, Good. so here's how you, I always thought, man, if I could, it always just went one more level, you know, so, oh, if I could just, uh, do this for a living. Oh, if I could just regularly headline. And then after that, it was, okay, if I could just get a dry bar special. And then it was, okay, if I could just get an Amazon Prime special. And then, oh, if I could just get a publisher for my book. And then all these things happen, and I'm like, okay, I'm out of ideas now. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> uh, so that's, but then the latest is I've had a lot of folks show interest in uh, developing the book into a show. Uh, a TV show. Uh, I've had a couple ask about movie, but I think it's more of a sitcom type thing. Right. But um, so I think the next hope is that um, is that uh, this book you can't write City Hall mm-hmm. ends up as as a TV show. So whether it does or not, who knows? And then the follow up question a lot of people ask me is because it did hit number one. It was the Amazon bestseller number one, and a lot of people would ask man when your book hits number one like that a lot of times hollywood comes calling what will you do if they want to buy the rights to your book and jb i'll tell you right now if someone pays me for the rights to my book no one will ever hear from me ever again (laughs) okay (laughs) well they have to pay you enough for that to happen though well sure yeah yeah (laughs) so have you done any Acting TV work, voiceover stuff, any of that? Any you know, I was a, uh, so I've, I've done all of that. Uh, I was the voice of Mercy Hospital for quite a while. Um, so the St. Louis area there. Okay. Uh, I was like the, the phone guy. So when you called and you're like, uh, thank you for calling Mercy Hospital. Mm-hmm. Press one for, you know, oh, that was me. Uh, and I did a lot of voiceovers for their commercials, uh, did have voiceovers for Hardee's for a while. Their corporate is out of St. Louis, right. uh, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were really proud. Their, uh, their office overlooks like uh, Bush stadium and they're so proud of that. Look how cool this view is. And I was like, yeah, don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Where I would have been like, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I've done a lot of commercials and uh, had some bit parts in some movies, stuff like that, uh, TV shows. Um, I'll tell you one quick story. So mm-hmm. I was in this uh, this show. It's called Final Witness, which was sort of uh, reenactments of uh, prominent murder cases. And so I played this, I played this police officer. Uh, and so... The like the walkie talkie that they give me as a prop that would like go over my 
shoulder chest area. Mm -hmm. It was Velcro and just kept falling off. <laughs> and so every take we're doing the take where we, we scoop up the criminal, we throw him in the back of the car and drive off. And every time my dumb walkie talkie kept falling down. And so in the midst of arresting the guy, he'd have to like pause and reach down and pick up the walkie talkie, put it back up. And so eventually I could tell like the, the, crew was all getting frustrated we kept it at retake because of my dumb walkie talkie so i was like okay no matter what i <laughs> i'm just gonna keep going uh and pretend like everything's fine so the, the the next take we uh uh get the guy in the car walkie talkie stays on i'm very careful i sit down in the car to police car to drive off and the walkie talkie falls out of the car uh <laughs> opposite side of the camera so the camera can't see it right but but uh, the scene continues, and we drive off from the parking lot and kind of dri drive out onto the road with the sirens going. And <laughs> so I got the walkie-talkie dangling through, like, you know, the rounded phone cord sort of thing. Right. That's what it is. So <laughs> that is shut in the door with the walkie-talkie hanging, hanging out the side of the door. <laughs> so I just drive off with it going down the road. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and if I believe... If you uh, are an eagle-eyed viewer, you can watch that episode, and they did use that take. You, you can see that. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people into – I can't get into this genre, but there's a lot of people into the true uh, crime genre. Yeah. And I'm quite sure a few people have probably seen it and didn't realize it and probably go back and watch. Or, oh, yeah. Or probably yeah. look for it now. And I'm shocked that John Hamm would, the actor John Hamm, would allow you to do any voiceover work in St. Louis because it seems like he does all the verse, voiceover work in St. Louis. Yeah, he's got the market cornered now. See, yeah. Basically, I just get the I get the work that the people that can't afford him they they call me. Right, and also Cedric the Entertainer. So, oh, is he doing a lot there too? Yes, man. <laughs> Yes, it, every time that there's voiceover stuff for the like the St. Louis Blues, it's either John Hamm or Cedric the Entertainer. So it's like, man, the, the low budget guy don't stand a chance in that town. So, no, it's tough. They're taking up all the work for for the little guys. Right. No, we we have a guy here, and I used to uh, he does radio, and I used to work on a show with him named Tom Bernard. Uh, KQRS morning show for decades, people could other people could not get voiceover work here. He had, he had it all locked down. So I know how that goes. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, things are so low budget for me. The last one I did was uh, Dale's taxidermy. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Dale's taxes and <laughs> you taxidermy. <laughs> It's like, oh, stuffed animals <laughs> and yeah. not the little kitty, not the kid type of stuffed animal. And it's it's interesting how it comes full circle because uh, I had to promote that you can stuff your skunks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just, that's that's uh, crazy. So in, in your uh, uh, bit part playing, have you come across any famous actors or actresses? Oh, where do I start? Uh, all kinds of them, you know. Um, let's see. The most prominent, you know, when I was in Chicago, uh, you know, you know, the big comedy theaters there. Man, I was all kinds of them. Uh, Mike Myers, and Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler were all up there. And mm -hmm. um, trying to think who I toured with along the road. Uh, Susie Essman from Curb Your Enthusiasm was a fun one, and uh, Craig Robinson from The Office, and. Uh, Kate Upton uh, did a little movie with her in St. Louis. Actually, they filmed uh, the layover, a lot of pieces of it layover in St. Louis. So, oh, did they? yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've crossed paths with with quite a few, and um, yeah, most of them were um, uh, not impressed by me. <laughs> I understand. I had one bit part in a movie, Mighty Ducks yeah. Two. <laughs> oh yeah yeah what, I, what was that i played a jamaican coach it was uh 
Mighty Ducks is a was a run of movies about uh, youth hockey. It was a right. Disney chain, right? And I was a an assistant coach for the Jamaican hockey team. Oh, <laughs> you should have parlayed that into a role in Cool Runnings. <laughs> I could only dream. um so heavy question of the night okay and if you don't want to answer i understand putin any thoughts you know what it's um it's tough to give input on that and i'll tell you why it feels to me like we never get the full story as uh just uh the 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 peasants if you will you know what i mean so i just feel like there's a lot more to the story than we're aware of uh and it seems odd that we've for some reason now you know the biden administration's acknowledged that we had bio labs in ukraine uh why that you know so uh, I, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to give a comment on that. Cause I, I don't understand all that's happening. Uh, I mean, JB, I don't even understand what happens in my house half the time. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's tough to give input on a global, uh, right. matter, but, um, yeah, I, uh, my heart goes out there. You see these, like, uh, these like orphanages and youth hospitals and stuff right. getting blown. Is, is, is really disturbing though yeah so um you're you're a married man any children pets any so we have um we have two kids i've got a boy that's uh seven and a girl that's three and we have a dog that is the worst 200 dollars i ever spent oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh and why, then we get why is that <laughs> t- this dog barks at everything i mean the wind blows the dog barks and everybody's like you know a lot of people defense the dog oh that's great though then you know people are coming no i don't because i ignore the dog because it barks all the time so and if he's telling it to stop barking it just keeps barking uh we've had it i think four years still regularly uh uh goes to the bathroom on the floor wherever it feels like <laughs> it uh it bites small children. Oh no! Uh, and so, um, and this is just little. This is one little. Uh, this is tiny dogs. Not even a big dog. Okay. Um, just a dog that's you know it likes to trip me, make me fall down, and uh, let's see. I mean, I could have spent two hundred dollars uh, doing a lot of other things besides uh, this terrible, terrible dog. <laughs> You're missing the point, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> the dog has a sense of humor. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we got two fish. Well, I sh- and I'm sorry. I have I have one fish. Uh-oh. Uh oh. One uh, went for a swim down the toilet. If you oh, know what I mean. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. Uh, so that's about it. The kids are the kids are great. My boy is uh, uh, all kinds of fun. He yeah. he likes to he likes to be a little smarty pants a little bit. Um, I was putting some <laughs> just before we we got on this call. I was putting lotion on my face, and uh, he's like, "Why do you do that?" And I was like, uh, "Well, I guess it helps my face look nice." And he goes, "I don't think it's working." <laughs> oh wow. Well, you if he's a comic, you know where he'll get his his uh, humor from. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, our little girl, um, she's good. My wife makes me nervous. Um, you know, she tries to get her to take a nap. My wife says she's going to put her down. Oh, that's <laughs> like. Not, that's not. <laughs> like last time I heard that, my dog didn't come home. Right. <laughs> Well, you were speaking of the, the, the fish that didn't make it. We have, a, yeah. we have a problem here in Minnesota. People were dumping their goldfish, mm-hmm. and they're now five times as large. 
they adapt it to their environment. They're five sizes. Where, like, dumping them where? In the lakes and whatnot here in Minnesota. And so there's now these, like, giant goldfish in the lakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because we, uh, we are the, the land of 10,000 lakes here. Sure. And people, you know, got tired of them or the kid wouldn't take care of it, whatever. So they just thought, oh, I'll just throw it and it'll become fish food or whatever. No, it. They adapt it to their environment, and now they're five times as large. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so be careful dumping your, your living goldfish because it may come back. <laughs> that, that might be a hell of a movie premise, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, that could be. You know, I uh, I personally have not dumped anything in a lake other than a mattress and a car battery. <laughs> That's true. <terrible. laughs> uh, I, I cracked myself up with that one. Right. <laughs> I, uh, you know how you watch something on YouTube and you're not paying attention and the next video pops up? Well, I was doing something, and the next video popped up, and the guy started talking. And he's like, I got this 250-pound magnet, and he's, like, throwing it into this creek, and he's, like, pulling up parts of cars and, oh, like, geez. getting fired up about it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching it, you know, because the magnet would hook on, and it was, like, really hard yeah. to pull up. And he's like, there's really got to be something down there. And he pulls up there, and there's the, the hub of one wheel, and he pulls up the second, and he's pulling up, like, railroad spikes and all this stuff. Oh, jeez. And he's, like, really getting into it. Like, And my <laughs> thought was, this is five minutes of my life that I cannot get back <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy he'll be needs to be careful he's probably gonna pull up a murder scene before long <laughs> that's my thought well <laughs> that's what he probably thought he was pulling up a gun or something or my really scary thought was that he would pull up like half a car <laughs> yeah <laughs> something like that so you need to stop doing that jeremy <laughs> <laughs> Because somebody like that guy may uh, show up to your town and uh, pull up the stuff that you threw in there, hunt you down. Uh, well, I'll tell you, in my town, uh, outsiders are not welcome. So I, <laughs> I don't think we wouldn't make it very far. So, yeah. So you think that if somebody buys your book, that's enough to get you to retire from comedy? If they buy the rights to my book, I mean, yeah, I joke about that. I mean, who knows what I would do. But um, it's... Uh, it's out there. You can't write City Hall mm -hmm. uh, if someone wants to figure out if they want to buy it uh, or buy the rights to it. Right. Uh, be my guest. I'm not hard to find. I'm 6'6". Six, six. Just look up. You'll see me. So without giving a lot away in the book, why did you use that uh, title? Because a lot of the stories I tell, um, people are like, oh, you uh, is that for real? And I'm like, yeah, you can't write it. This is real. So if you've heard heard the phrase, oh, that's so real. You you can't write this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't uh, you can't write it. And then you know the phrase, you can't fight city hall. Right. So then it's a play on that. You can't write city hall. <laughs> well, Jer Jeremy, this has been great. I really appreciate your time this evening. Um, like I said, don't give up on. Uh, your comedy, I mean, you—that is—that's uh, a gold mine waiting to happen. Some somebody will will uh, catch it. Some late night host or somebody will catch it, and it it will be great. Can you tell my audience again where they can find the uh, your book and where they can find your comedy and and all those things? Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks. It's very kind words, JB. Um, yeah, the book is You Can't Write City Hall, available uh, online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, you name it. Or if you want to learn more about it and see some uh, info about it, you can just go to youcan'twritecityhall.com. And then uh, my Amazon Prime special, uh, if you just search my name, Jeremy Nunez, on there, you'll find it. 
Uh, and again, like I said, I get a dollar every time somebody watches that. So please hit refresh numerous times and do not bootleg it. Okay. <laughs> yes. I got too many people it. trying to bootleg my, my Amazon special. Well, and I hear comics uh, who say that. Oh, Tom Papa says that his stuff has been ripped off by a mom. <laughs> and now she's like the hottest mom on Twitter or one of the hottest moms on Twitter. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> For a line that he actually wrote and performed about, you know, you know, something about, you know, he created a, a, a nation or whatever. And this mom has now stolen it from him. And she's not yeah. a, so and, and and gave no credit to him to him, none. Yeah, there's so, so many joke thieves these days. It, man, it'll drive you crazy. So, so uh, how, before yeah. we leave, how do you feel about that? Well, you know the um, the only thing I can say to other comedians is that unfortunately it's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna steal your stuff. So the best thing you can do, and it's easier said than done is to do jokes and stories that are so unique to you that people cannot steal it because it's, it won't work for them. So like, uh, for example, for me, I do a lot of jokes about being tall, being six feet six and being tall. So that eliminates a lot of comedians right, right. there. We can't tell all jokes. And then the other, the mayor jokes, you know, how many times, uh, and if you go out there now and you look at, um, the Amazon special or the dry bar comedy special, the, the, you know, there's YouTube clips out there. If you go and look, you'll see all these people that comment. I looked it up. This guy really was the mayor of his town. So if somebody ever tries to lift it and claim that they were the mayor of their town, it's verifiable. That's not something you can really make up. Right. Uh, you know, people, you, you get caught. So, uh, uh, people are, are Googling that all the time. Uh, and I believe as I, I'm going to do a little experiment here in front of my computer. Sure. If uh, I believe if you type my name into Google without hitting enter, uh, I used to, oh, it's changed. But it used to, one of the drop downs was mayor, Jeremy Nunez, mayor. Mm -hmm. But now, um, <laughs> this is always interesting to me. Uh, the fifth thing. I got Jeremy Nunes wife, Jeremy Nunes height, Jeremy Nunes Disney World, Jeremy Nunes Wikipedia, and then my favorite, Jeremy Nunes obituary. Uh oh, it's so <laughs> cute. So, so, so somebody's written your obituary. So that I always wonder. I'm like, did I did I die? Am I like a ghost just wandering around and nobody told me? Well, <laughs> I have a theory. You may not want to hear it, but um. <laughs> I may want to, you may want to check with your dad. <laughs> Thank you. This, this has been fun. I appreciate you uh, coming on today, uh, responding to my request to come on. I wanted to continue to broaden this show and you've been able to do that again. Jeremy Nunes, comic mayor, actor, Arthur, just a total Renaissance man. And once, once again, work with people, uh, get your book, and uh, follow you online. Yeah. So, again, the book is on uh, Amazon, uh, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, uh, you can't write city hall com. And then uh, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, let's see, Instagram, Front Porch Comedy, Facebook, Front Porch Comedy, Twitter, Jeremy Nunes, TikTok, Comedian Jeremy Nunes. Basically, it's Front Porch Comedy, unless it was already... Uh, look for Jeremy Nunes or Front Porch Comedy. You'll find me. Uh, I've even got some uh, uh, some stuff on uh, taxidermy.com. <laughs> well, this has been a fast and fun hour. Again, I appreciate it. And uh, take care of yourself. And like I said, don't give up. I can feel it's coming, man. It's coming. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, man. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me and reaching out. And uh, you want to do it again, you let me know. Oh, sure. Thanks again. All right, JB. Thanks. Take care. The month of April is Distracted Driving Awareness Month. And here to give us more information on the terrible things that can happen while driving distracted 
is my sponsor, Mike Bryant of Bryant Shaw and Bryant Law Firm. In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. Find Mike Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. Again, I want to thank Jeremy Nunez. Tonight's music was Al Jarreau. And uh, some big news, ladies and gentlemen. I can now be found on Apple Podcasts. Taking a chance, trying to get better. Thanks a lot for listening here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB. It's my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black. African American, black, black, black. Django, J. B. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. J. B. Our great Negro sex machine.